On today's episode, Luke Richardson had his introductory presser as the new head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks earlier this morning. I'll get into all of the good stuff from that. Then I'll move into Owen Beck's 2022 NHL draft profile. And to wrap things up will be Henrik Borgstrom's 2021-2022 season recap. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, June 29th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Be sure to go and rate the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from all my wonderful listeners out there. If you're a frequent listener of the show, you like what you're hearing, you're tuning in every day, be sure to go and let me know. Uh, Go and leave me a review down below in Apple Podcasts or through Spotify. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode already, uh, then be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode moving forward through the rest of the summer and a training camp later on this fall is going to have a video attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It would really mean the world to me. I can't put enough emphasis on how much it would mean to me. I'm really trying to keep boosting those numbers up. Go and smash the like button down below as well and comment as to what grade you think Blackhawks forward Henrik Borgstrom deserves for his performance this season. And last, turn on those push notifications. Go and ring the bell so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To open things up on the show this afternoon, I got to start with Luke Richardson's introductory press conference as the new head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks that was held earlier this morning at the Blackhawks store on Michigan Avenue. It was the perfect scene. I mean, the river was the backdrop. They had the Chicago Tribune logo. Quick, uh, quick boost uh, and plug out to the Chicago Tribune. I'm sure they were happy with that placement right in the backdrop of uh, Richardson and Davidson uh, coming together for the first time in a public setting. Um, and it was really cool to hear some of the stuff that Luke Richardson is going to be bringing in and his mindsets on everything. Um, and just, just hearing what he had to say really for the first time speaking to the media in Chicago. Um, but my biggest takeaway personally, after listening to the, uh, presser itself and taking away some of the big quotes and everything, it just seems like 
Luke Richardson has the right mindset going into all of this. Obviously, we don't know if things are going to pan out. We can't read the future. Um, Hopefully, it all will work out. But what I'm saying is that Luke Richardson, I believe, is coming in with the correct mindset of where the Blackhawks are at right now because he understands where they're at as a team. Obviously, he knows that based on, uh, I'm sure he's had so many conversations with Kyle Davidson in the front office at this point. I'm sure he's well aware of what they're trying to do and how they're trying to go about it. And that's by getting high picks in the next couple of NHL drafts, really hitting on those picks, developing the the younger talent that we have here, uh, getting better at, you know, making sure those players come in and take on larger impacts. It's been an issue for the Blackhawks for quite some time now is taking players from Rockford and turning them into something at the NHL level. That is something that Kyle Davidson has been talking about ever since he got the job that they need to be doing better at. Um, So Richardson gets all of that. He gets the situation they're in, but at the same time, he's a competitor, obviously a former uh, NHL veteran, played over 20 years in the NHL, 1,400 games He's a winner, and he he wants to win night in and night out. So it, it's not like his mindset is going to change given the Blackhawks' position. Sure, you know, obviously sometimes if you're going against good teams, success isn't maybe going to be measured by wins and losses given the circumstances surrounding this team. So he just wants to make sure that his team's competing night in and night out, and he's going to do everything in his ability to get them at that level. So um, I think that's obviously the right thing to say. That's mostly the biggest takeaways or my biggest takeaways, I should say, is that Luke Richardson was just saying all the right things. Even when he was talking about Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Seth Jones, the three untouchables, if you will, on the Chicago Blackhawks right now with full no movement clauses. He said his priority right now, priority number one for him is to start, you know, having relationships with those guys and have open dialogues about how they feel about the team. And listen, Richardson said himself, you know, he he's not someone who's opposed to, you know, outside perspectives. He's kind of like Kyle Davidson in that sense too, where he wants to hear, especially players like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, who have been there, done that throughout their careers. He wants to hear what those guys have to say and wants to hear their opinions on matters of some sorts. Uh, Obviously the head coach has to make decisions in their own. The coach is a coach. Richardson said that himself, but you know, that's kind of the same way that it is for Kyle Davidson comparing him to Luke Richardson. Like, Luke Richardson can only control so many things with the talent that he has. It's not up to him who's going to be on the ice. And he fully understands that and embraces that as well. So whether it be focusing on younger players or um, making sure that um, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Seth Jones, they're going to be part of the conversation and he's going to have dialogues with them about, you know, how they feel about certain things, Um, whether it's the young guys Uh, or the respected veterans, I thought Luke Richardson said all the right things and has the right mindset approaching uh, his first season as an NHL head coach, which uh, is another thing that I wanted to talk about as well. Uh, I believe it was Tab Bamford, who's now the new lead writer over at um, Bleacher Nation Blackhawks. Uh, Hopefully, I'm planning to have Tab on the show sometime. I got to message him here pretty soon. Um, But Tab asked... Luke, in particular, why he would go to the Chicago Blackhawks, given the situation that they're in right now. A pretty thin prospect pool, not good draft assets for at least this season and haven't had some good ones in the past few years. Pretty thin pipelines. They went for it all this season and came up well short. Uh, Why would he choose the Blackhawks? And Luke Richardson talked about how it just feels like they have the right foundation 
now in place. And after having multiple conversations, as I said, with Davidson in the front office, uh, apparently Richardson's first interview with the Blackhawks was some four hours long or something. And he kind of uh, said it didn't feel that long, but um, it was apparently a really solid conversation. Uh, And then he actually got to kind of hang out with the front office in a little more of an informal setting when they got together for dinner and watched the Stanley Cup final game, um, just kind of picking each other's brains, watching games, all as fans, but also, you know, obviously having these big roles in the Blackhawks uh, organization. So um, for Richardson, it's cool to hear him talk about this new front office that's in place being the right type of people and having good conversations and believing that they're on the right track for better results in years to come. Obviously they want to go about it correctly and there's certainly no rush in that at all. Um, but both Davidson and Richardson seem to believe that they have the, the, the stone has been set. They have the right foundation in place in order for things to happen later on down the road. So that's a little bit reassuring to hear for sure from us Blackhawks fans who dealt with uh, a whole lot this past season, uh, whether it be Jeremy Colleton as the head coach or um, the front office, obviously the Stan Bowman resigning or whatever you want to call it, uh, trying to hold on to his job and not really looking himself and this team in the mirror and understanding the circumstances they had found themselves in. Uh, It's very relieving to hear that both Richardson, who's a very respected guy uh, around the league, a lot of people have mentioned stories about what a good guy he is, what a good coach he is. Uh, I've already talked about that a bunch in previous episodes, so I'm not going to harp on that a bunch, but just today was another uh, reiteration on the type of person that Luke Richardson is. And I thought he really said all the right things. One other little tidbit I wanted to mention too, real fast is, uh, how Richardson, he was kind of asked about what system per se he would like to run. And this is something that's, um, been an issue for the Blackhawks for quite a while. Jeremy Colleton's system just never worked. Players were never in the right spots. There were a lot of miscommunications going on in the defensive zone and in coverage. And it just led, led to a lot of embarrassing goals. Uh, against and Richardson talked about how he want he preferred to run zone over man to man. I actually took this from uh, his interview with Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus of the Athletic from earlier today. Be sure to go and tune in, check out all of that because it was the first kind of head to head Q and A that Richardson actually had, not with all the media and just a sit down type of setting. Uh, it was really insightful, so be sure to go check out that from Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus as well. He didn't say, he said he'd like to preferably play more zone than man-to-man. It's just so hard to run man-to-man in this league with the speed of all the players and the skill being higher than ever. Um, So he'd prefer to run zone, but he also doesn't want to have like a set system in place or anything um, until he sees the roster that he has, because there could be so many moving parts for the Blackhawks in the next couple months before they actually get there for training camp and for the preseason and all that good stuff later on this fall. So he didn't want to put a system in place, but he did say he wants things to be a little bit more freed up, um, a little bit more pressure uh, at the blue line, not to allow the uh, opposing team to walk in with freedom, make it, make them dump the puck in more and hopefully the goaltender can get to it and we can gain possession. The biggest thing that he harped on is we got to be fast down the middle. We got to be good on the four check and we got to be able to possess the puck more. Obviously team that usually plays with the puck more is the team that wins more often than not. So, and and that's something the Blackhawks haven't done consistently enough for far too long now. 
Um, so again, another kind of refreshing thing to hear is that Richardson is going to be uh, kind of changing things up with his own system, but there's nothing set just as of now until uh, he wants to see the players that he's going to have to work with. So that's obviously um, something that he, we're going to have to wait and see on. Um, but another little bit of a breath of fresh air there uh, to hear from Luke Richardson. So all in all, good things from this introductory presser today. Real cool scene. Uh, and hopefully it's the start of something beautiful here in Chicago. I'm very excited. That's my biggest takeaway. I'm excited about the future with Kyle Davidson in this new front office in place. Luke Richardson is the new head coach. It's a fresh start for the Blackhawks, and it honestly feels relieving to me as a fan. So uh, a lot of good stuff from Luke Richardson's introductory presser from earlier uh, this morning. One last thing I wanted to mention as well, it's about Derek King, because apparently the Blackhawks would like to be bringing him back in some capacity. Kyle Davidson talked about that. He also mentioned, um, kind of just reiterating what we've heard recently, is that the Blackhawks are going to stay aggressive ahead of next week's NHL drafts. And basically everyone except for the untouchables, Kane, Taves, and Jones, they're taking calls on right now. And given the Blackhawks' situation, that shouldn't really be surprising to us as fans. They're in a position where they should be taking calls on everyone, seeing at least what they could get theoretically if they were wanting to move them. And there's a lot of pieces on that borderline area. Obviously, Alex DeBrinkett's the biggest name. Dominic Kubelik, Dylan Strom are set to become free agents in a couple of weeks here. Uh, there's a lot of players in that mold. So um, nothing new, though, there on that front. Kyle Davidson just reiterating that the Blackhawks are going to remain aggressive and they're going to try to get a first-round pick in next week's NHL draft, but they're not going to force anything at the same time. But as for Derek King, uh, Davidson talked about how much King was really well-liked as the interim head coach and how he, he just kind of rubbed everyone the right way and left a very good impression upon uh, this new front office that it kind of uh, took over under his helm a little bit when he was the interim head coach for the majority of the campaign. Uh, but it sounds like Derek King is going to be coming back in some capacity, folks. I, I know that will make a lot of people out there happy. He's not getting the head coaching job, but he's still going to be around in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's the right decision. I, honestly, um, I think King was a nice breath of fresh air, let the players have their freedom. Being a former player himself, he understands what it's like to be in that, um, be, be in those skates and uh, he was a real player's coach, and I think everyone really liked playing for him. So to have him stick around, I think a lot of players would enjoy that as well. So uh, we're going to hear more, I'm sure, about exactly what role Derek King is going to have, but it does sound like he's going to remain uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks in one way or the other. All right, I think that takes care of everything from new head coach Luke Richardson's introductory presser from earlier this morning. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into Owen Beck's 2022 NHL draft profile. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season has officially taken over for the summer, and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where or to who the next fired manager is going to be. Regardless of what you want to bet on, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just baseball, from golf, esports, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is both the fastest and the easiest way 
to bet on all your favorite sports in Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game begins. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment two now this afternoon. It's time to take a deeper dive into 2022 NHL draft prospect Owen Beck, who's an 18-year-old center from the Mississauga Steelheads of the Ontario Hockey League, the same team that Blackhawks prospect Ethan Del Mastro, who recently, not all that long ago, signed his entry-level contract with the Hawks. Ethan Del Mastro is the captain of the Mississauga Steelheads. And Owen Beck's in his, uh, well, technically it was his second year with Mississauga, but his first year last year, the Ontario Hockey League didn't play any games. So as a 17-year-old, 16, 17-year-old, he didn't get any action, which really sucked for a lot of players in, in this 2022 NHL draft year and in last year's draft year as well, because it's just it, they didn't get that opportunity to kind of showcase their stuff. And it, it was really tough. Uh, for a bunch of them, I'm sure. But Owen Beck really made the most of his first season with Mississauga this year. Uh, he had uh, 51 points in 68 games. Again, his first season of junior hockey officially, 21 goals and 30 assists in 68 games played. Uh, played a, a strong role on both the power play and the penalty kill as well. Uh, and the biggest thing that stood out to me when doing some research on Owen Beck and watching some clips on him and um, listening to what some other draft analysts have to say, he plays with a very high pace and can skate and stick handle very well through traffic. I think that's probably the best part of his game. And I think something that can translate really well to the NHL level, because obviously compared to juniors, the NHL level, everyone's an elite skater. Everyone's the best of the best skaters out there. Even the guys who aren't per se fast, you know, they're, they're in the NHL for a reason. They can at least keep up. Um, so for Owen Beck, that's something speed can translate to any level, right? And the ability to work his way and, and stick handle through tight areas to get into the offensive zone or to create something in front of the net, um, that was something that really caught my eye and was the most impressive part to me about Beck's game. And I think the, the stick handling goes a little bit underrated because uh, he has a good overall offensive skill set. Uh, like he, he's strong with the puck on his stick. He, he's got a good shot. He needs to work a little bit on shot selection, um, I, I think, and maybe being a little bit more aggressive. I think he can be a bit more selfish and stop trying to make the fancy plays. And also, you know, maybe shooting from areas where he should pass from, kind of things that just come to prospects some earlier than others uh, as they gain more and more experience. And again, this was Beck's first year playing junior hockey with the Mississauga Steelheads. So those are kind of things that you would expect from a young player. And if they aren't there, then those players are probably going in the first round, uh, not projected to be available right around when the Blackhawks are on the clock for the first time with the 38th overall selection uh, in the second round, of course. Um, but for Beck, I, I think the ability to to work his way and to create around defenders, that's something that really stood out to me and something you probably don't see a whole lot from guys who are projected to go in the second round. Like I really do believe uh, if he puts it all together, um, he has the ability to be, I don't want to say a first line, probably a second line center who can have a role on the power play and be a consistent point getter. And he's got the, he's got the drive. He, he plays, a hard game, right? Like not only does he have this offensive skill set, obviously that's probably more so what gets 
team's attentions in the first two rounds, but he does have a 200 foot game. He has the capability to play a 200 foot game. Uh, he has a really high hockey IQ. He thinks the game ahead of his opponents. Um, he's very versatile. He can have a role on the penalty kill, as I said, along with on the power play. Um, and the way he thinks the game too, I think also goes into his ability to kind of stick handle and work his way into the offensive zone and carry the puck out of the defensive zone and make something happen going the other direction. His ability to think the game ahead of his opponents puts him in good spots and he knows what he's going to do kind of before anyone else. Right. Um, so the high hockey IQ, the good stick handling, the skating ability, the shot is something I think he could work on a little bit, but he is a good playmaker, probably going to be uh, a playmaker more than a sniper, but he does have goal scoring tendencies. And if he does develop that further, that, that's not something you have to be worried about too. Um, so overall, just a, a really good offensive player who has a good work ethic. He has the ability to play a 200 foot game. Obviously, you're still very raw at 17, 18 years old. You need to work on that area a little bit more, but there aren't any concerns. I've always talked about this with draft prospects. It's so hard to predict at 17, 18 years old if this player is going to be a, a 200-foot player or he's going to be a solid shutdown third-line centerman. You know what I mean? It's hard to tell if 17- or 18-year-old kids have those abilities, but the biggest thing is the defense isn't a concern. They work hard at a young age. They at least make an effort. They put themselves in good spots. And for Beck, plays on the penalty kill, puts himself in scenarios to put his body on the line for the team. Those are the things you want to see from players who can also produce on the offensive side of things as well. It sounds like he has the ability to be a very good, well-rounded player. I don't know if the, the first line center role, you know, probably not here in the second round, but he does have the offensive skill set if it all goes well. Uh, to be a second line center one day, maybe a second power play type of guy, uh, but can have that well-rounded game to go about it as well. And look for the Blackhawks in the second round, you could definitely do worse. I mean, it, I think for Kyle Davidson, I think he'd much rather go, given the position the Blackhawks are in, I think he'd much rather go with um, the guy who has a high chance in the second round. I think he'd rather go with the guy who has a high chance of being a good, well-rounded player who can be a second or third liner for years to come than a guy who has, you know, a very high ceiling, but also could maybe never make the NHL. That happens with second round picks. We've seen it happen before. Jake Wise was a second round pick. Like those things happen. So for the Blackhawks, I think Owen Beck seems like kind of a safe pick. We're going to see even if he's still there at number 38. There are some rumors that he could go late in the first round. Uh, but it seems like 25 to 40, 45 is the range where he's going to go in after you get outside, especially in this year's draft, after you get outside the top few, it, it really could be a toss up. Um, but I feel like Owen Beck is a low risk, high reward type of player. I think it, there's a, it's a good bet that he's going to be an NHL player. Uh, the question is whether or not he's going to have the offensive upside and to take him with the 38th overall pick. I think that's the question, but we know he works hard. Um, he's got a good skill set about him. Again, the Blackhawks, Kyle Davidson, Luke Richardson talked about it in his presser today. They need to get faster. And Owen Beck has the speed. He's a good stick handler. He's got a good high hockey IQ. Um, he's a good playmaker. The shot needs a little bit of work, but it's not like it's a complete liability and he's not capable of scoring goals. He scored 21 goals in 68 games as a 17-year-old this year in his first season in the OHL. So, um, He's got a good overall offensive skill set. I really like what I saw out of Owen Beck uh, and like everything I heard as well. So I do wonder if he's someone that could be on the Blackhawks radar at number 38. 
Uh, we're going to have to see if he's available at that point, obviously, but I definitely think the Blackhawks could do worse than a player like Owen Beck, who feels like he has a good all-around game that'll translate well to the NHL level one day down the road. All right, that takes care of 2022 NHL draft prospect Owen Beck's profile. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to get into Blackhawks forward Henrik Borgstrom's 2021-2022 season recap segment. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into our third and final segment on the show here today. Real quick, I'm going to take a sip of water. Appreciate y'all waiting a moment. Ah, tastes good. Moving in into our third and final segment of the show here this afternoon, it's time to get into Blackhawks forward Henrik Borgstrom's 2021-2022 season recap segment. And it's kind of funny how it worked out. I did not do this intentionally, but yesterday uh, was Henrik, or yesterday was Riley Stillman's season recap segment, by the way. If you haven't gone and checked out that yet, be sure to go and check out yesterday's episode. Go and check out my channel on YouTube. And while you're there, hit the sub subscribe button. And if you want, if you want to listen to all my 2021-2022 season recaps for the Blackhawks players, I'm getting down to the final ones here. I've gone through most of the roster at this point. If you want to check out any ones, if there's a player you like in particular, or you're curious as to how you think I did uh, this season, then be sure to go and check out my playlist on my channel. And again, hit the subscribe button if you're taking time to go over there. I would greatly appreciate it. But on yesterday's show, I broke down Riley Stillman's season recap, of course. And I already talked about how um, he was part of the trade made by the Blackhawks uh, that sent Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmark over to Florida. That trade was Brett Connolly, Henrik Borgstrom, who I'm talking about today, and Riley Stillman, who I talked about yesterday, funny enough. Uh, but for Borgstrom, the hype around him was a little bit different. I don't want to say Blackhawks fans were ecstatic or anything and nobody was going crazy about Henrik Borgstrom, um, but I do... I was one of them too. I, I believe there was a good buzz that he had the potential to be maybe a second or third liner one day down the road. He had put up some decent numbers after going back to Finland. Obviously, things didn't work out all that well in Florida, um, but he had potential. A former first round pick. We saw it in college, obviously. He was a standout player. Uh, and he flashed it a little bit in his time with the Panthers, but not enough on a consistent basis. And kind of just found himself as an odd man out down there. So he went back to Finland when all the COVID stuff happened and then returned to the NHL this year once the Blackhawks acquired his rights from the Panthers. And yeah, I thought Borgstrom was going to be, you know, maybe a 15, 20 goal scorer, someone who could put up 40, 45 points maybe for the Blackhawks this season and help out offensively at least. And he actually got off to a pretty good start in the preseason. And I remember watching him in training camp and I was like, okay, this guy has a little bit of skill to him, but it just did not happen this year throughout the course of the season for Henrik Borgstrom. No consistent success at all. Um, when he did find success, it came in like two or three game spurts and then he'd go on a dry spell for like 20 or 25 games. It was a very rough and frustrating and certainly disappointing season for Henrik Borgstrom. Uh, getting into the numbers now, all in all, Borgstrom played in 52 games this year, tallying just four goals and three assists for seven points. Ouch. And in comparison to his 
first kind of full-time season with the Panthers. He played in 50 games back in 2018-19. He tallied 18 points there, and to have seven points in 52 games this year after, you know, having a couple of years to further develop and come and come back to the NHL just did not go well whatsoever for Henrik Borgstrom in terms of overall offense. Uh, he was also given a chance on the Blackhawks second power play unit. And I don't think I, I can recall one moment of him having even like a great a scoring opportunity or having success at all on the man advantage Borgstrom finished with zero power play goals for the Blackhawks this season. Uh, and Look, I don't want to completely count him out, but it just doesn't seem like he has the offensive game to have success at the NHL level for whatever reason. I mean, he does have some skill and he's got some size to him. Uh, he can be a little bit physical. We don't see him like dangling around out there, but I mean, until he reached the NHL level, he was a pretty gifted offensive player. It just hasn't worked since he's made the jump here. Um, and it, it was tough for Borgstrom at the end of the year, he was getting regularly scratched. He just wasn't really making much of an impact whatsoever. And when the Blackhawks were out of the playoff push at that point, uh, they had seen enough and they would rather give opportunities to other young guys. And I can't really blame them for that decision, honestly, because Borgstrom was not this good, was not good this year whatsoever. Um, some other stats here, 22 penalty minutes in 52 games. It is what it is. 11 minor penalties, whatever. Fourth line role. Maybe he felt he had to be a little bit more physical or get himself involved in other ways. Can't blame him for that because it certainly wasn't happening offensively. Um, in terms of shooting percentage, Borgstrom actually shot 9.1%, which <laughs> compared to other Blackhawks players, it's actually kind of good, but it's not good whatsoever when you compare it to the league average in the NHL or what good offensive players typically shoot. Uh, and in 52 games, Borkstrom only had 41 shots on goal. So nothing to really brag about in terms of having that 9.1 shooting percentage. Less than one shot a goal a game. Again, he really didn't have many high danger chances throughout the course of the season. Not even on the power play. Just throughout the course of the season, Henrik Borkstrom didn't have many good scoring opportunities and really wasn't helping that much in terms of creating offense. So not that surprised to see him only have 42 shots on goal. Um, just wasn't doing a whole lot out there. Uh, he averaged 10 minutes, 31 seconds of time on ice. Fourth line for the majority of the way. I think the Blackhawks gave him chances earlier on in the season, but uh, when it wasn't going good then, then uh, he was strictly bound to the fourth line role. And yeah, I can't say I'm all that surprised with the time on ice being that low, given his offensive output being pretty putrid. Uh, in terms of faceoff win percentage, this is an interesting statistic. Borgstrom took 200 draws, which... You know, there were some games where he would play at center. Mostly he was playing on the wing, though. Um, but he only won 40% of his faceoffs this year. So not all that promising long term. If he does plan to be a center iceman, he didn't really find much success at the faceoff dot either. Uh, 26 hits for Borgstrom. Not all that much. Uh, 22 takeaways. That, that is kind of impressive. And honestly, the defensive side, Henrik Borgstrom sneakily could be a very good fourth line defensive forward if he's put into the right situation because I, this kind of reminded me of it um I was going through uh for those of you who don't know Jay Fresh Jack on Twitter go check out Jay Fresh on Twitter if you haven't because he posts a ton of good hockey information and he does these player cards and uh, I signed up for it because I wanted to see the player cards for all the Blackhawks. And you can also check out any player you want to across the NHL. It's a really cool website and it's only like five bucks a month. Why not? Um, 
but I went and checked out Henrik Borgstrom's player card. Over the last three years, Henrik Borgstrom is in the 99th percentile across the NHL in defensive efficiency. I mean, I don't know what he's doing out there, but apparently it's working defensively. And I was reading up an article on Borgstrom as well, uh, and it talked about how he was among the Blackhawks leaders in terms of uh, scoring chances against at five on five and high danger chances against per 60 minutes. Uh, he actually had some really good defensive analytics, despite offensively it being a pretty big dumpster's fire. So maybe we just need to change our mindset around Henrik Borgstrom and shift our expectations a little bit. Maybe he's just, maybe we need to accept that he's never going to be this gifted offensive player that everyone thought he was going to be out of college. Maybe he's one of those players that has to put that type of play down and realize the defense is what's going to keep him around in the league. I don't know what Henrik Borgstrom's doing, but he's having a lot of success defensively. And interestingly enough, uh, even though he was only on the ice for 13 goals for this season at five on five and 52 games, he had a 49.5 Corsi four percentage. So when he was on the ice, typically the Blackhawks, especially for a fourth liner to be near 50%, I mean, that's pretty solid. He's, he was playing just as much offense as he was defense for the most part. So I don't know what Henrik Borgstrom is doing defensively, but it is working. And again, maybe we just need to alter our expectations around him a little bit and realize that, listen, the offense, it's just not going to happen. It's just looking like it's not going to happen for Henrik Borgstrom. But defensively, there could be something there. So maybe the Blackhawks do end up keeping him around and using him in a fourth line shutdown role and seeing what he's gotten. And maybe could be a cheap resign moving forward as well. So I just thought that was really interesting to see that Henrik Borgstrom was in the 99th percentile among all defensive, uh, among all NHL players in terms of uh, defensive efficiency. Uh, so all in all, taking everything into consideration, I'm not going to talk too much about Henrik frickin Borgstrom here, uh, but future offensive season did not live up to the expectations whatsoever and wasn't really even close. He was scratched at the end of the season. Derek King decided to give other players opportunities. Sure, the defense was good, but um, disappointing that Henrik Borgstrom, you know, I thought he'd be at least a solid third liner maybe one day down the road when the Blackhawks first acquired him, but uh now it seems like it's probably going to be fringe NHL or fourth line defensive role. So that's a bit disappointing. Uh, but at the same time, the Blackhawks only gave up Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmark in that deal. So it's all kind of gravy at this point. But in terms of Henrik Borgstrom's grade, all in all, I'm going to give Blackhawks forward Henrik Borgstrom a D plus. I will add a plus in there. I'm going to give him a D plus for his performance this season. Defense, sure, it was great. Um but because the offense was so bad, now we have to kind of think of him as a different type of player. And it's disappointing that it looks like he's not going to be helping out the Blackhawks offensively all that much uh, as long as he's here in Chicago. So it, it was disappointing for sure. There's no real other way around it. I'm not going to give him a flat out F, but D plus might be the worst grade that I've given out so far during these season recaps. I might have given a D plus to or a D to Kevin Lankin, and I can't remember. Uh, but a tough year for Henrik Borgstrom, nonetheless. Maybe we'll see if he can have some success in a different role, but uh, there, there's no way around it. It is definitely disappointing that it, it doesn't appear that he's ever going to have that offensive potential that a lot of us Blackhawks fans were hoping for when he was first acquired as part of that trade from the Florida Panthers. All right, folks, I think that is going to take care of Wednesday, June 29th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. 
Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks wherever you listen to your podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and info from the Stanley Cup now that that's wrapped up and ahead of the NHL draft, which is quickly kind of sneaking up on us. It's free and available on all platforms. So again, be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for t- thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also go and hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for checking out the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.